This is Ryan Chapman with Fix Your Funnel, and today we're excited to have Julie Bach. Now, Julie, you're doing some really special work with just people who have gone through cancer or are going through cancer and doing that especially in the relaxation industry, right? Yes, we are in the spa industry and meditation. So tell us a little bit about what your business does. So we are a nonprofit, and uh, we run our nonprofit like a for-profit. So we have a revenue side of the house, and then we have a program side of the house, which is the traditional nonprofit. So on the revenue side, what we do is we educate the spa, yoga, and wellness industry on how they can provide services to individuals going through cancer or who are survivors. And then we take the money and the funds from that revenue side and we host retreats and workshops for individuals, um, weekend workshops, week-long retreats, and then we also do it at cancer centers. That is so cool. I mean, it's it's such an important uh, area of work that I'm sure is just underserved. How did you get into that? How, the, well, how I got into it is I lost both parents to cancer. And, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Don't be sorry because actually, and that's one of the things we teach people um, with cancer is not to say you're sorry for anything that you haven't yourself caused. Okay. So it was a good learning lesson that we teach the spa I'll work on that. that. That we teach the spa industry when someone says they have cancer not to say I'm sorry. But um, the way that I ended up is that I became allergic to my foods. I went through a divorce right after my mom had died. I just like shut everything out and I became really thin. And if you ever saw me, I'm a thin person anyway. And so an acupuncturist had told me to go speak with a mindfulness teacher. And so I did. And within two sessions, I took all this negative energy that I had and I transformed it into something that stewarded others through their journey. So now it's not depression and anxiety but now what I have is passion and very mission oriented to taking people through this process and we started just with spa and I asked some of the hospitals you know what do you see us as are we just massage and pampering and they said no you're mindfulness and this was before the whole mindfulness craze and so I googled mindfulness and it talked about this John Cabot Zen who um, Zen who is up at um, Massachusetts that was bringing mindfulness into hospitals and what he did is he studied with a former monk well the person that I was studying with and continue to study with is a former monk okay so we were developing whether we knew it or not our own mindfulness based program and so when the hospital told me this this was my oh this is like my next plank you know to be building out the organization so to to move out from just spa into meditation and mindfulness which is so important for cancer patients because they're holding on to the past maybe what caused this or they're holding on to the future and am I going to be here and not being able to regulate how they interact with their thoughts. Fascinating. Quite, yeah, quite devastating. And taking them to places and creating a lot of pain and suffering mentally that they really don't need to have if they have some tools to, when their mind starts going somewhere, to say, oh, I know where this is going. I know how upset I'm going to be. It's not real. It's not based on anything but a thought. So you know what? I'm not going there. And and that's what meditation teaches you is that thought comes in, 
I'm not going there. I know where it's heading. So like my wife defined anxiety as um, fear about the future and then depression is like fear about the past. And you can't really be in the future or the past if you're in the present, can you? No, and see, that's the thing. That's what my teacher, uh, Felix Lopez, teaches. Exactly that is that um, you can only be in the present moment. Can you ever escape the present moment? And people say, oh, yeah, you can escape, right? You can escape because your mind is going to the past or the future. But physically, you can only be in one place. Yeah, really, all you're doing is you're, you're replaying and bringing it back if it's from the past or you're imagining if you're looking into the future. Right. And, and most of the stuff that we imagine doesn't happen the way yeah. it, it never happens the way that we picture it. No. And because our mind, again, I'm paraphrasing my teacher, because the mind is a survival computer. And so what it does based on the past is it saves things that you did in your past as a child or whatever into the this is what works folder. Yeah. And then so when you encounter a situation, your mind quicker than you can catch it goes to that folder and replays that. And that's what creates all of this. Well, and what's interesting, too, and for people that maybe are listening and thinking, well, what does this have to do with business? This is actually I always tell like I like basketball. I'm six, seven, I like 240. So I'm a big guy. And I love basketball. And so I've taught it a lot to kids like in uh, city leagues for my kids teams and stuff like that. And what I tell them is I tell them basketball is like 80% mental. Sometimes I say 90% because the higher up you go, the closer you are to being actually accurate. And I had kids that were very, very good uh, in terms of they were physically talented, but mentally they were either always beating themselves up or they were frustrated with other players. And because of that, they could never play at their true potential. And I bring that back to business and then we'll bring it back to where we were talking. But in business, um, most of business is mental. Uh, I always tell people in terms of their income, their, your income is really set by a, a mental thermostat. You have this place where you're comfortable. And maybe uh, today that place is $250,000. When you are earning $250,000 that you can put into your bank account, you feel comfortable. Well, if you start to drip below that, you know, panic will ensue. And if you get above that, then um, sabotage usually comes. And either way, it keeps you in that range. And so most of what people do in terms of with their business and their development is mental in terms of the mental game what we do and a lot of it has to do with what you were just talking about which is we start to explore the future either with fear or hope or we start to explore the past and usually that's with regret you know and so when we do those things we leave the present what's the worst part is our recollection of what has happened in the past is not reality it's our perception of reality which is totally twisted by all the flavors that have come along as we've you know gone through life. And like you're saying, these folders that we save and store our experiences in, they're totally miscolored. You know, it's something totally different than maybe what was real, but it's our perception, so it's our reality. And as you said, it's, it is very crucial in, in business, whether you're a strategist or the visionary or you're, you're implementing, because if you're allowing this distortions and non-reality to set in, or if you're too busy, fearful of your competitor or no one's ever done this before or whatever, yes. it does. It totally changes the output of, of what you're trying to create. Oh, yeah. And 
you know, I think everybody's caught themselves in that one time or another where either, you know, they're imagining what the competition is doing or somebody's trying to duplicate what they're doing or, you know, whatever. And those feelings that you start to get into can really mess with you and throw you off of your focus of where it ought to be. Exactly. So, uh, that's huge. So, you know, I, I guess we just go to show that your work has many facets in terms of its application, but it's a, it's very neat that you're applying it to those who are facing cancer or have faced cancer. And I imagine it even comes into play with their loved ones, right? Yeah, it does. I mean, we, we also do, we do entrepreneurs and people like that, but the focus of the nonprofit is definitely for the cancer patients. And it is for the caregiver because when somebody is very empathetic, right? So you see yeah. somebody going through pain and then they, they're going through so much pain that you really don't know what to do. And so caregivers go through what's called compassion fatigue. And again, it's because- Is that what happened to you basically? I think for me, just no, they were my, my parents were my safety net and I could explore and be fearless with knowing that I still, you know, had my family. Yeah. And so they were my rock. And so I lost my rock and I felt to rediscover. Yeah, I had to rediscover and uh, it's been an interesting journey rediscovering the strong person that I was because I ended up that you are right yeah that yeah but I am exactly good point (laughs) but um yeah I think part of that was uh it was a very good lesson but with compassion fatigue what happens is that many times the caregiver can't let go or feels guilty or a lot of of things going on and not having safe boundaries and there again you know you you can't change another person's journey and yeah. so and so understanding that this is this individual's journey with cancer and you can be there to support them as much as you can, but it's not your journey. And, and what happens is that these caregivers start taking on too much and that worst case, sometimes the caregivers actually pass away before the person they're taking care of because of all of the um, stress and they don't take care of themselves because they're so busy giving to somebody else that they, they, they lose track of themselves. So you guys help those people get grounded and centered in, in the current reality and, and have tools to deal with what they're going through as well then. Yeah, exactly. It's all, it's all, and we try to keep them separate, you know, separate groups. We've learned that can't be in the same group, but, um, it, yeah, it's worked really well. We also do it with nurses because nurses in the medical profession, it's the same thing. They, they have too much compassion and empathy for their clients. They bring it home with them and now it's interfering with their relationship with their child. Maybe the child asked a question and the parent snaps because they're too busy thinking about that last client that they saw and maybe they couldn't help them or whatever. Or worse yet, they turn off emotion altogether, right? Uh, right. Exactly. And that's, again, where the spa industry helps because we spend an hour with a client, right? And so yeah. we're giving to them that face that the medical industry used to be able to provide to them but can no longer do that because it's more of a machine and the doctors don't have as much time with people. And so, yeah, the, we are that face, that that comforting face. Well, that's that's really neat work. I'm excited that you guys are doing that and you know stepping into that need and, and filling it. How how did this like? So this is a very emotional. It's a very um, you know very personal type business. 
how did you guys get into Infusionsoft for, and I call it a business, even though I understand it's, you know, it's a, a nonprofit. You guys are doing this as a mission-based yeah. thing, but I call it a business because in my it mind, if you don't treat it that way, you don't impact the people that you want to yeah. impact. So you have to look at it that way to some degree. But how did, how did Infusionsoft start to come into play with well, this? Great question. So uh, I, I was a management consultant for a long time, and I oh, was okay. in the technology realm. I was in CRM, and then I was also in the whole dot-com launch. And so when I realized that we were doing trainings, and it was very labor-intensive to try and advertise trainings and to fill the trainings, I looked and thought, is there another way? And I noticed that I was getting these emails from the Chopra Center. And a few other places, and I would look to see where I was being redirected, and I was being redirected to Infusionsoft. And so that's why I was like, oh, there's a technology for smaller businesses. It doesn't have to be Salesforce Automation or Oracle or any of the ones that I used to implement. Yeah. There's, there's something you know that I can use. And so we, use, we purchased Infusionsoft to launch our first webinar. We had some really great doctors on that. That was two, almost three years ago. And uh, we didn't even advertise. And we had like 250 people. On we capped it, wow. and it was it was great. So it taught me that you know people wanted an easy way to get information, and then we've over time learned more about Infusionsoft and how to start leveraging the technology. Well, that certainly raises some questions for me. I mean, because here you are coming from a world where you were dealing with much you know more like enterprise level CRMs yeah, and stuff key. like that. Mm-hmm. What was the what was the difference for you coming into a small business CRM like Infusionsoft versus the enterprise solutions that you had been dealing with before? <laughs> well, sometimes it's lack of structure. Um, you know, I think for for what I saw with Infusionsoft and what I like about it is there's a lot of room for creativity. Uh-huh. Where in the enterprise software, it was more rigid. Um, the the consultants had their standard way of doing things, and I, I feel with Infusionsoft there is many different ways oh, to, yeah. to accomplish something. So um, it's been really fun to to play and not I say play, but it's exploring. No, I, I, right? you know actually campaigns. You'd see. be surprised how many people have used that word through these interviews. Oh, really? Yeah, they say you just got to get in there and play with it. You know, that's in terms of talking about how do you start to get comfortable with it. And, you know, they talk that way about fix your funnel as well. But I think it is there is that element of play to it. It's like, let's see what can happen without having the stress of, you know, if something goes wrong or. Well, you know, so there's a few things that, that are in there. So one, I started off with a consultant early on because I just didn't feel I had the time to focus on it. Yeah. And that was good and bad. What was bad was that I was totally reliant on that consultant. And so when I looked at the campaigns, I was extremely overwhelmed. Yes. And then I was like, oh, my God, now I'm like tied into this thing and I don't even know how to fix anything. Yeah. So I um, this summer after we, um, we, we just did a big deal with Spa Finder uh, Wellness 365, which is a large, the largest gift card company for spas. They have over 20,000 okay. members. And so... Last January, uh, we talked about rolling out this global training program to their network. And so uh, we started that whole thing really like in the trenches in June. And I was like, okay, I don't know how to use Infusionsoft. I don't know what to do. And so Infusionsoft had Infusion, 
it was like an accelerator and coming yes. from um for me from agency.com or Ernst and Young or EDS, you can name any of the ones I worked at. What we had was we had these JAD sessions or we had joint application development, or you can call it, you know, present state, future state, right? So yeah. it was a matter of really like harnessing what the flow was. And so I remember before I went to Infusionsoft, my consultant was Brandon and I just, he's like, can you give me flow charts? Cause I'm like, I, I don't know how to do give you what you need. And I drew out like, 10 different flowcharts for every single if and every single thing that I wanted. And he's like, this is great. I've never had anybody do this. And I took pictures <laughs> and sent it to him. And then he put it in the campaign. But what was important is he showed me how to do it. Yeah. Whereas the other consultant, and I'm not saying anything bad, but it was a black box. And so I was afraid. Yeah. Now, when I work with um, True Productions, which is my current consultant, they're great because what they do is um, they don't ask me for the flowchart. We get on Skype together and we do a screen share and we build a campaign out together. Yeah. So now it's being built real time. So as I'm thinking, I'm thinking through all the different iterations or you know the nested ifs or whatever, and they just build it right out. And so it gives me that comfort level of I know how it's being built. I think that's like the ideal scenario. Um, you know, I've talked many times before about my, my personal view is the ideal situation, and this is just from a um, danger versus benefit area, right? Is mm -hmm. anything that's mission critical, I always want in-house for me personally, for my business, right? So I always would, my ideal is if I have, if I can have somebody that's trained to that degree that they are almost like the consultant level, but they work for me. That's my ideal. But barring you can't get to the ideal, then then the next best step is what you've got right here, which is somebody who is a consultant. They're very good at, at the software and they're willing to walk you through what they're building so that you understand how it works. Because if you don't understand how it works, then you're in a very dangerous spot. It's very dangerous to have just like you're saying in the first place where you were, where it's just black box because you know something's going to go wrong or you're going to want to adjust something more importantly, right? right. So. Maybe things aren't flowing exactly how you are. You're not getting quite the conversion you were hoping for or the engagement. You need to be able to tweak things. You've got to be able to get in there. So I'm glad to hear that you have figured out a way to be able to get to where you can really know what's going on. And I think that's the thing I want to highlight here is for everybody listening. Make sure that you're at that point. I don't think you need to become the expert at the software. You know, I, I, th I think it's a waste of time mm -hmm. for the average business owner. Uh, but you certainly need to be able to like my dad in like five generations before them were all builders. And so you have to be able to read the plans, right? Even yeah. if you can't swing the hammer and put the wall up or whatever, you got to at least be able to read the plans so that you can know, okay, where are things supposed to be and what do they look like? And so I think that level in that method you guys are using right now, where you just jump on a screen share and, and they build it out as you explain it to them. And you guys work through those details that you really need to be worked through. You get what you need without having to know all the software, but you know where to go to tweak things. And I think that really is the, the best of both worlds. Well, I think also, you know, I've, I've referred many friends to Infusionsoft and people like, should I use a consultant? Should I not use a consultant? And, and the challenge when you ask me the difference between an enterprise system, let's say, and an Infusionsoft is that I didn't find that there was enough individuals that really had enough client base 
you know, underneath their belt mm -hmm. that I could hire somebody and they'd be like, oh, on this client, we did this. And on this client, we did this. And you could do this. They only seemed to know Infusionsoft. They didn't know how to play with the different plugins. So, yeah. so to me, uh, again, I'm a former consultant. So I value the person that's able to say, let me tell you 15 case studies that we did and here's what we're gonna do. Exactly. Because it's gonna take me nine months or longer, years. Yeah, because that's what you're basically, if you get the right consultant, you're just buying time. Right. And money, because they should be able to point you in a direction that will save you heartache and mistakes and, and errors. So the, the deeper their their experience, the more that they've invested in terms of understanding all the very available add-ons and options, then the more powerful they're going to be to really help you out. I think that's solid advice. Yeah, and I think the last piece of advice there, since we're talking about yeah. technology, is you know it's easy to purchase an application. Many people I know, and I did this. I used Infusionsoft just as email for a while because I didn't know what else to well, use. Sure. It for. it's an expensive email system, so you really have to like understand how to leverage and, and go and ask people how to leverage the software because if you're underutilizing it, you know, that's really your fault for not really harnessing the capacity that it has. And I think that's like the number one thing that I see with entrepreneurs that they buy a system and they think, oh, well, if I just buy it, it's going to, you know, it's going to solve anything. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not. You have to learn how to harness it and tailor it for your business, which is a learning curve and it's discipline. And sometimes it costs more than just the license per month. And but you have to be willing to do that. If you're just looking at the license per month, then it, you're probably better off not purchasing it. Well, and see, and I think there's a mindset there that the entrepreneur has to get into. And it can't be a, there could be a bad side to this, but there's this mindset of instead of looking at everything as an expense, look at it as the investment. And if the investment is going to pr produce a result that is greater than the investment made, then you have a return on investment. And that's really what we're looking for in any business. That's all we're doing is we're investing and we're looking for a return that's greater than that investment. Or we're playing it long and we're making that investment and expecting at some point we're going to get that return. And it just depends on the nature of the model. But, you know, when I looked at Infusionsoft when we first bought it, it was an absolute no-brainer because we knew of a couple of functions that, we're going to make a huge difference in what we were going to be able to do. And so we didn't even, it wasn't even looking at the cost. It was just looking at what are we going to be able to do when this is properly in place. And yeah. that that's, I think that's the way you got to look at each consideration you have for your business. You're going to invest money. If you're just doing expenses, I hope it's like uh, just your personal lunch or something. <laughs> Yeah, and what actually was really cool is that the company that we have been doing a relationship with, they have Salesforce automation, and they don't even know how to use it. So we, on um, having used Infusionsoft, we're like, okay, let's show you how to use your system. And, and so that's what we did, and we're able to open APIs and things like that and show them as a big company how to use their big enterprise software. So there's something really beautiful about having, you know, uh, an entrepreneurial mindset with Infusionsoft. Yeah soft and all the different plugins and like I was saying the creativity whereas the other company is was you know more stoic and didn't things that were so easy for us to do for them just seemed really hard well that kind of segues into our, our next topic that I wanted to ask you about with is which is your comment about a really expensive email service right a lot of and in fact it was almost a mistake but at one point Infusionsoft billed themselves as email 2.0 
which was sort of to say we're autoresponders, you know, at the second level or whatever. And it, to my mind, that always like uh, cringed when I heard that because I was like, no, you guys are so much more than that. <laughs> You're not just email. Don't sell yourself as just email because people will be disappointed. Um, you really have to learn how to to open up Infusionsoft to allow you to hit multimedias, right? And, I, and before we started the interview, we were kind of chatting about some of the things you guys are doing with Fixer Funnel to really open that up. Um, you mind sharing some of those things that you're doing with Fixer Funnel that's allowing you to go beyond email and how that's having an impact? Yeah, so um, since our training on the revenue side is um, global, we wanted to be able to not only have a cost-effective way of delivering our training, which Infusionsoft helps us do, but with Fix Your Funnel, it helps us to be able to customize at the participant learner's level. So if they prefer to receive a text message that says, you know, massage for cancer patients module five is open and we just send them a text message, we know that they're going to look at that versus it getting lost in their emails and so we're finding the majority of people prefer mobile and um, we're testing within our training now and we are we're talking about new subjects and we're having them text into certain campaigns to be a lead generator for us but but really it helps to give it to the person in the information that they need in a little snippet and then they can do what they need to do with it right then in their real time well, and you bring up something that you had uh, que- asked me a question about before, which was uh, with Fixture Funnel, you want to be able to interact with people internationally. And is that even possible? I just wanted to make sure people understood that are listening in and thinking about that. You can send from your U.S. number or your U.K. number or your Australia number or whatever number you happen to have with Fixture Funnel. Um, you can be sending internationally to I can't know, I can't remember how many countries it is, but it's over a hundred different countries and uh, so many different carriers. It's just what you have to do with fixture funnels. You have to have their number in the proper international format. Sometimes that's where things get a little sticky, but um, yeah, you can send out internationally, which is a big deal because um, that means you're going to be able to get past people's email inbox and all the competition there and get that message right in front of them when they want it and where they want it. Well, and what's nice, so I was at a big international show, and yeah, I had some business cards with me, but people wanted mine, and I'm like, here, text I care, and I gave them the number, and then they got into a whole email campaign with yeah. me with videos, and so they're like, wow, you know, like they hadn't seen that before. I'm like, I don't need your business card, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and if I exactly. do, I just take a picture, and I give it through Infusionsoft. Yeah, through Snap, which I love. That is a yeah. great, if people don't know about that, Infusionsoft has this really great app called Snap, and they took care of the business card side. You just take a picture of the business card and then they go and transcribe it all. I don't know if they use a, a machinery or people, but between the two of them, they they transcribe it all and put it all in the right spots in the FusionSoft record. You get to review it before you put it out and you can add a tag at the same time so you can start automation right there. So if you do get business cards, you definitely want Infusionsoft Snap. On your, I, do they have it for Android? I know they have it for iOS, but I don't know if they have it for Android. I don't know if they have it for Android, but it really helps. But honestly, the fixture funnel got them into the campaign immediately, which is really more what I was looking for than the lead. I wanted a qualified lead that would just get them into the campaign. And so the conversion rate for them to upgrade into the training was huge because they were already in and saw what we could do within minutes. Now, so you brought up another point that I think is really critical, which is this whole mobile, right? Yeah. So some people might call it a you know a new craze, sort of like the internet was, but 
if we look at uh, some big companies that have a large footprint in the, in the marketplace like Facebook, they reported on their last quarterly report. I don't know if they came out with an I guess their latest one probably just came out, but the previous one, they had done $3.2 billion in revenue, and two-thirds of that had come from mobile. Well, that, that even is in the, the sorry to interrupt, in yeah. the nonprofit space, people are donating through their phone. I think the average dollar amount is, I don't remember the percentage, but it's significantly higher when you donate through the phone, and people would prefer to just do it right then and there than have to go to a website. So let's let's explore a little. Let's play, as you said. All right. And let's talk about um, how could we help, you know, this nonprofit that you're running to be able to get the message out there. So if if we could have people text in a keyword and then send them like the first video in a series, and then we needed to fund, you know, the rest of them, we could send the video and then say, hey, if you'd like to receive the rest of these text and then we could give them a keyword to text or better yet we could include with the link to that video a link to a, a mobile friendly order form that once they f they finished it then it would send a text message to them with their their first video and then they could continue through the series um, that's sort of what i would imagine i would want to do if i was in your situation where i could introduce people to the concept invite them in the at the tail end of that tr first training video to go ahead and get invest in the rest of the series right and right there on their phone make sure you have a mobile friendly web form if you need if you guys need examples of that you can go to the fix your funnel order forms um, i also recommend a thing called zurb z u r b foundation they have a really great foundation, so you can tell your web designer, go get that and make me a, a mobile-friendly order form. You need to use the legacy order forms with Infusionsoft and then have that self-hosted. And the reason we want to go through that whole route is because when you do that, then you can really make sure that it's mobile-friendly. And you know, if people go and check out the Fix Your Funnel order forms, they'll be able to see an example of what that means. So, so far, that they can even scan their credit card with the order form. I don't know if you've seen right. that. Have you seen that? I have I have not seen that, but I think to tag on because we did that we provided a four set um, series to people so they got all four which was all selling but nuggets in each one. Okay, great. Uh, so we we did a text I care to a certain number, then they got the information, then they were asked they could sign up. But the the important thing to um, note that um, a lot of people don't realize is they need to have a responsive website yes. that changes based on the device because if they don't then they're losing a lot of people then they're not able to fill out that form yeah and there's there's a whole check list of checkpoints to make sure to get you get that form right but like if you just if for people that are look, interested in getting a little educated on that that zerb foundation i don't know if you've heard of that before julie but I have not. Um, they they are doing a lot of that work there's there's a huge movement right now in the technology industry called mobile first and the idea is because mobile's growing so fast that by 2017 there'll be more people accessing the internet on a mobile device than on a on a desktop or PC as we call it. And so that's just the beginning of the trend. They I put out a video a while back about um, in Africa by 2017 they expect to have more Africans with internet access on a mobile device than access to clean water, which is kind of sad but at the same time tells you what's going on not just in the United States but worldwide. 
Well, yeah, because they don't have any legacy technology, so they can just leapfrog. They, to they won't even have a computer. In fact, I, this is interesting, too. I don't know if this is boring to people, but in Twitter, Twitter is trying to go into a lot of other countries to try and you know make up for the, the ground they can't cover here in the United States or in other developed worlds. And so they're going into like places like India and such. And what they're finding is people don't even have email addresses to sign up for Twitter. So they're having to introduce ways for people to sign up with a, a cell phone number versus an email address because in many of those areas, they have email, they're using uh, WhatsApp, mm-hmm. and that's how they communicate. Yeah. In fact, a, a real estate agent out of Florida who mostly works with people internationally said most of her people that she communicates with want to know her WhatsApp. They don't care about her email address because that's how they're going to communicate with her is through WhatsApp. So it's fascinating to see uh, how the the world is developing so quickly and we're going very fast towards this uh, mobile device or mobile only world. Yeah, well, you have the millennials too. And and that's that's all they know. And that's that's bigger than, uh, you know, the baby boomer generation. And so that's really the only thing that they use is mobile. Well, and so you have to be starting to think about that as a business or like you said, as a nonprofit, because it, the way that people communicate may not be the same way that we're used to communicating. So like for you and I, we do a lot of work. I imagine you do a lot of work on a on a desktop or a laptop, right? I just switched to a Mac and it's taken me a really long time to figure out how to use this thing. <laughs> well, you'll get used to it. I made that switch about, uh, I think it was six years ago and I've loved it. So you'll be fine. But we, we spend all this time on these PCs and I'll say PC to apply for Mac or a Windows machine or Linux or whatever, but it's a desktop or a laptop. These personal computers, we do a lot of creation on it. We do a lot of checking, testing and all this kind of stuff. But we don't think about the fact that that's because we're creators. And right. there's a small percentage of creators and there's a large majority of consumers. And if we're creating for the consumer, then we have to understand that they're probably going to be consuming on a mobile device because it's so much easier. The learning curve is smaller. They're faster, less expensive. They can carry them everywhere. And so it's, it's a very changing world. But I think what happens for a lot of us that are creators is we get stuck in this idea that the whole world is where we are. And it's important to be aware of what's going on around us. Really good point. And, you know, I think if if anyone has children or, or is around children, it really helps my Kids, for example, have gotten me off of PowerPoint because in their school they learn Prezi. So they were showing me all the cool things. And these are fourth graders that they yeah. could do with Prezi. And <laughs> I was like, wow. And then like I'll send my son some stuff and he just pulls out his Chromebook. He's like, why are you have carrying around this heavy computer? Like, and So it's really <laughs> funny just watching. Like, He's all into Google Docs and he had to show me how to use Google Docs because I'm like, I barely know how to use Skype. So, you know, and I'm technical savvy in some areas. In some areas, I just haven't spent the time. But they, he knows no different. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the rising generation. And so if you're selling to them or you're interacting with them or if they're gonna, you're going to be hiring them, you have to be aware of the, the new communication methods. But it's, it's, a, it's a totally different world for this, uh, this generation that's coming up that we definitely have to be aware of as business owners or or uh, nonprofit owners. So <clears throat> with all that, where do you see your organization going in the future? Um, well, that's a great question. Uh, I think right now we have launched this global training 
I really now want to create more of an impetus behind it. So I don't want it to lag on for two or three years. Like I really want to, you know, really get people and figuring out how I can do a promotion or a campaign that just says, look, you know, this isn't rocket science to learn how to work with a client with cancer. The program is there. I'm, you know, I, I'm ready to move on to my next program, which is mindfulness and meditation. And again, using fix your funnel to deliver messages from um, the former monk that we work with out to anybody. And so we already have our next program. So we're in this crossroads of trying to create enough of an impetus that people are like, yes, this program is perfect. This training is perfect. Let's take it and let's let Julie move on to the next big project that she's got on the horizon. That's very cool. Well, I'm very excited for you. Thank you. So, to sum up or to finish up here, what is that number one success principle that you would attribute your growth and your development, your success of what you're doing? You know, I know this sounds really trite, but it's um, it's be the change with no fear because no one's done what I've done in my industry and many people told me that it couldn't be done. And if I had listened to them, then um, I think the many people that we touch would not be touched. So Absolutely. Yeah, you have to be that change and stop complaining about what other people can and can't do. Well, I would never call that trite again because I think that's absolutely the, the case for every entrepreneur that's out there. You have to be that change because nobody else is going to come and, and you know, take care of your business or your mission or what you're all about. You have to be that. And you have to believe enough in what you're doing and what you're all about that uh, you can overcome those natural fears that haunt everybody and just make it happen. So I, I think that's great advice to close on. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you. Boom, let's go out with the bang.